0: Welcome to The Mix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to warn you that they're coming. Hey, Fanny, you're not Fanny. This week we're talking about the new Showtime series, Work in Progress, with a special guest, me, Parker.
1: me now. And as always, we would like to start with a um, plea to rate and review us. You uh, will make my son, Parker, very happy if you rate this uh, episode extremely high. Come on, don't <laughs> let him down. He's don't a Don't let guest. him down.
0: Please.
1: So what'd you do in pop culture this week, Justin?
2: I Well, since we've had two weeks, I've had a little while to catch up. I have seen a bunch of stuff. Uh, first off, The Lighthouse is the Dave Eggers uh, follow-up to The Witch. It is a horror movie. It stars Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe doing crazy homoerotic things in a lighthouse with a sea monster and some mermaid vag. Yes, you heard me right. That is what happens in this movie. Uh, sorry, spoilers for The Lighthouse. There's Mermaid Vag. Um, it is also very funny and weird and uh, dark and scary. And there are crazy German expressionist shots of waves rolling and crazy tentacled monsters. And it's shot in a funny aspect ratio. It's black and white. I kind of was... I was so into The Witch. And when this movie came up, I thought, wow, that's going to be a one-hit wonder. I'm going to hate this movie. It sounds so styled and twee and kind of stupid i love this movie <laughs> um i really really liked uh robert pattinson who continues to be an amazing hilarious kind of surprising actor willem defoe is kind of doing his shtick but with a great uh sort of winky kind of thing going on i don't really know what this movie's whole point is um other than just, mermaid veg. yeah i think mostly mermaid veg. um <laughs> it is just a good time though weirdly i mean this is a movie that has some gory kind of imagery that I was not expecting, and I still loved it. Uh, highly recommend this movie. I also watched uh, Steven Universe. I finally have made it through every new episode, every existing episode of Steven Universe, including the movie. It's uh, been
1: quite a ride.
2: It's been quite a ride. I've As I've talked about on this podcast, I've been like, I'm into it. It's boring. I'm into it. This is a kid's show. I like it. Um, I think I landed on All of the Above. Uh, I think this is a terrific and very important kids show and can be very funny and very sweet and lots of wonderful music. And I'm certainly far enough along here that I am in for the ride at knowing what happens to these characters. And that's sort of been kind of the main point of it all. I will say there is a lot of kind of kids show filler that you have to get through, um, but... It's pretty insane. I, I showed you Fanny. There was a musical number, I believe, towards the end of the season. I think the last season, where he basically is realizing his uh, his mom is in him, and it's this lovely song called "Familiar." And no, literally, she's a <laughs> I know, right. Okay, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> I, it's just yeah. It's hard to explain without watching it.
2: Um, and it is so sweet, and it is essentially sort of a trans. Anthem for this kid. Um, And it's a really sweet moment. I can't believe the show is on. And it's crazy... To think that kids are watching this and just being like, "Eh, yeah, it's a space show with cute songs and not really thinking about anything more than
1: that, you know? That's how we get them. Yeah. It's it's the uh, agenda that all those people keep talking about. And (laughs) now. I'm here to push.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And now Steven Universe Future is the new limited series. I don't know exactly what that means, but I think it's going to be maybe like a full season because it's only 10 episodes so far, but. It's sort of ended on a very weird mo- but it's great because it's sort of like the epilogue of what happens to all these characters after the big story, and kind of in the future just how do you how do you try and sort of negotiate happily ever after and it's sort of the point of it is like that that's not a thing that happens. Welcome to uh life post being a kid uh so i really I recommend it, especially if you're a kid <laughs> um <laughs> or a kid at heart, I guess me um servant a show I finished. I quit
1: at the next to last one.
2: Apple Plus. This is the Shyamalan movie. A friend from New York texted me today. What did you think? It was so creepy. I loved it. Oh. And I said, great premise. Just <laughs> did not have a single other thought in its idea beyond that premise. Great
0: premise. Um, I fucking hated it.
2: I'm surprised they made it all the way through this. Nothing I, happened. I
1: super appreciate you making it all the way through because they lost me at the next to last episode episode. Parental empathy-wise, and just, A, I was so bored, and B, they went a place that I didn't appreciate, and the way they did it, I didn't appreciate. Wait, which so, part of this? Sorry, we're going spoilers spoiler for Spoiler alerts. Uh, one baby doll, one two creepy baby dolls. There's some creepy baby dolls, people. The Leaving the baby in the hot car, and I felt like they really reveled in it, uh, showing how hot it was outside, watching the temperature go up. I know that you missed what happened. Because <laughs> I couldn't see it on my dark TV, which exactly. I said fixed. Exactly, but <laughs> I really did not like the way they reveled in her forgetting this baby and the they they took some sort of... Like
2: trauma porn Yeah, trauma pleasure. porn
1: pleasure in it. I know that you often feel like that about shows that that, that I don't feel like that about, but I super got the, this feels sadi- sadistic and I don't like it.
2: Yeah, and, and so I had up no, to like nothing. Yeah,
1: and know? I had no desire to go back and watch the last episode, so I appreciate that you did And you basically confirmed that I didn't miss nothing.
2: Nope. Um, I also watched and made you watch some of John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Um, Parker, I know you're also a fan of John Mulaney. Have you you seen the Sack Lunch Bunch? Uh,
0: No, but my mother did insist on showing me the uh, lovely final (gasps) bit.
2: Mr. Music. Is the greatest. Um,
0: I want some of whatever the fuck Mr. <laughs> Music is on, and pronto,
2: and, and maybe with John Mulaney. Yeah, like we all I mean, need to yeah, do it I together. Yeah, but I want
0: John Mulaney with like a side <laughs> anyway. of John Mulaney with everything in life. That would be lovely. Thank He's you. Not the cilantro for you. He no, the main course. I, I would like all of the cilantro. <laughs>
2: I need to watch more Mulaney. Is my takeaway from this because I have not seen any of the stand up. I heard. I know, and I. Love this special and I was like, it's in my brain. Well, like yeah. this probably could have no, just like come out is, of my brain at on a
0: given day. It um, is gonna tickle you all right yeah. in the giggle dick. It's gonna um, be so good.
2: The songs are so good. Giggle, never, I'm gonna move on. Um <laughs> I love the guests i love um i love richard kind as girl talk there's so many weird things fanny just made his face i don't like richard kind um this show is so strange and so funny and great music and the kids are hilarious and wonderful and i want to like adopt them all except they're mean at least And also you don't like children i know i mean this is this is also my favorite line from the from the show which you guys haven't seen yet Where he says, the kids ask him, Mr. Mulaney, do you have kids? And he says, I do not have kids. Or as I say to certain people I'm trying to appease, I don't have kids yet. (laughs) So that's pretty much everything right there with the show. Um, (laughs) Grace and Frankie season six. I tortured my husband Dave with this show by binging it as I tend to do every season in the space of like half a day on a hungover like Saturday. I cannot not watch this show. I don't think it's good. It hasn't like been good for several seasons. And yet I can't, when it comes on, I cannot turn it off. I think it's, I think it's maybe like familial. Like my Dave always says that, uh, Jane Fonda's character, Grace reminds him a lot of my mom. There's something very like ritual white lady about it (laughs) that it is sort of sympathetic and understanding, but also I know she'll never hear this. Um, I, I like the show and I hate the show, and I want it to be over, so we'll stop torturing.
1: You. I want it to not end your marriage, so I would appreciate <laughs> yeah. if it was over because he's angry, you guys. We heard him earlier. He's not happy about he's this show. He's really mad. He Man. does not like
2: it. I mean, I put up with God knows,
0: people dr pimple popper and okay. dr foot doctor um so <laughs> your husband tried to convince you that this show got canceled <laughs> he did that is
2: true um he, he gaslit me and he did it's yeah, true but, I busted but his he head. has a very
1: specific voice that he uses when he tries to tell us something like this and we yeah. all called him on it yeah
2: um what have you been doing this week Danny?
1: um well for a couple of weeks, weeks. let's <laughs> see um i was homesick And so I couldn't watch TV because when I have about of this neurological thing that i have that the light bothers me so instead i found out that the second season of the dream podcast this was the one that was the multi-layer marketing one that i really liked last oh, yeah, season yeah. they dropped a new season and it's all about mindfulness health scams
2: Ooh,
1: awesome it's like basically don't stick a jade j- egg up your hoo-ha duh and how the people that try to convince you to set stick a jade egg up your hoo-ha have bought the fda And lobbyists are evil, and it's right up my alley. And there were six episodes already that dropped, and I listened to them all, and I really enjoyed that. And then when I could watch Bright Lights, I turned on Netflix. Uh, The people that did there's a documentary called Last Chance. You don't watch it, you won't like it. It's about football um it's, it's basically actually about football oh you're, no no you're, it actually is I mean, it's, up this time. it's not really but you won't like it it's about football <laughs> it's about a community college that is some uh hard luck cases last chance to try and either get a college scholarship or get to the nhl it's called uh last chance you it's a great show i recommend it to people that do not have issues about football because it is actually about the people that are playing the football and their their messed up lives and, and, and how they're trying to get back on track and it's really touching and great, but you will hate it. And to be fair, um,
2: that, that those people that don't have problems with f- football are like 99% of culture. Right. So. so
1: go out and watch Last Chance <laughs> everybody, you, everybody that's not Justin. <laughs> and then when you need a little bit of Last Chance You meets Bring It On, watch Cheer on Netflix. I think it's six episodes I think it's um about a community college cheer team that's like gone to nationals a million times and it's following them for one season they've got this really badass coach who has like an MBA from uh I think Texas U I think um but she came back to run this team and it's in this kind of small town very much Dillon Texas from uh uh Lights type town and but all of these big talented gymnasts and cheer and cheerleaders go here and then they can get scholarships to big colleges but some of them have had some sad lives and it really goes into the some of the uh cheerleaders stories and you really care about them and it's it's fun to watch anyway because it's always fun to watch the synchronous you know the synchronized dancing and stuff of of cheerleading i think but More interesting is the lives of these children and how they've touched each other on this really awesome coach. And uh, anyway, it's called Cheer. It's on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. Um, Something I didn't enjoy was (laughs) 911 Lone Star. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I wish that I could tell you that I'm not going to watch this show, but I watched all of Nashville and I watch all of regular 911. And I'm not going to not watch this show, but not even, like, I won't even tell you, like, regular 911, the one set in Los Angeles with Peter Krause and Angela Bassett and all these really wonderful actors that you actually care about and make you, it makes me cry like two or three times an episode. This is not 911 Lone Star. 911 Lone Star is stupid. Okay. It's badly written. The emergencies aren't interesting. It's. On-the-nose, soap opera, like, Chicago Fire bullshit. And also, it has Rob Lowe, who has too much tanner on. And part of his, like, character beats is that he's super vain, and so he gives everybody, like tips on how to like do their skin and they all but flash by Roblo skincare which is the thing <laughs> by the way on no. the screen one of the plot twists is that he has cancer because he was a nine eleven, you know first responder and now he doesn't want to he's going to have this special treatment that isn't like chemotherapy so he's not going to lose his hair except that he has been vanity taking pills his whole life to make sure he doesn't lose his hair so if he stops taking those pills he's going to go into shock and lose his hair so ha, it's. It's not the chemotherapy it's that you've been doing it for 20 years and he has this whole nightmare where he's bald and they all and and Liv Tyler tells him oh I thought you were gonna look hot bald but now don't come near me and then some woman doesn't want him to rescue her because she's because he's ugly with when he's bald he's Rob Lowe he's not ugly when he's bald guys come on and then Hoyt from uh true blood is on it and he's like the mean texas guy who has ptsd because his old ladder died and then rob Lowe had to come from you know, be a city slicker and come and, and get the diversity and make everything better and he wasn't going to hire him because he has ptsd but then it turns out he's married to a black woman so maybe he's not that bad so come on cowboy go to therapy and you can come back to my firehouse also we have a muslim woman and a trans a black trans guy and a latino with a reading disorder
2: I have one question. Yes. How are the lone star uh, emergencies not, different than the LA emergencies? They're
1: not even lone star y. I mean the very first uh, the is very like rattlesnake bites. Right. You I you guess would that think, would happen right? in California. No, the too. very first Lone Star <laughs> emergency is some idiot puts a Tex Max burrito into the <laughs> microwave. Okay and with that's great. Yeah. With the tin foil on and it bursts into flame and then he freaks out and he throws it out and it turns out that he starts a fire but then there's manure nearby and then that's the huge explosion that kills olive white from two bloods original ladder
2: that is actually amazing that that is the
1: first that is so (laughs) fucking convoluted Also there's a baby in a car seat that gets whacked up into a tree and they have to <laughs> climb up into the tree and get it down and then there's a lady who's like doing the barbecue like Becky thing and being mad that her that her um Mexican neighbors have a piñata cuz they're like oh they're and so she calls the cops or she calls 911 and they all come out and Roblo's like I'm going to arrest you for making a you know a, a nuisance call and uh she pretends she's having a heart attack and he's like oh I don't know and she wants him to give her 911 and he's cuz the good lord took his time with with you because that's the only thing people in Texas know how to say when they see Roblo so um so then he like I'm sorry I'm not certified then she doesn't want the muslim woman to give her um uh, uh mouth-to-mouth, so, of course, Rob Lowe's son can do it, because he's hot, too, except he says, well, I'll do it, ma'am, except I'm a homosexual, so she doesn't want him to do it, so she turns to the handsome black guy and says, you give me 911, I mean, give me mouth-to-mouth, and he says, okay, I will, she says, you're not a homosexual, right, and he says, no, ma'am, but I'm trans, and so then she turns to Rob Lowe, and she says, take me to jail, I'm I'm not kidding,
2: this is insane and I have one more question. Okay. Will you watch the Florida version?
1: Yes. Okay. Apparently I, I will watch any 911 they put on TV because the acting is terrible, the writing is not good, Rob Lowe is bad, Liv Tyler's terrible, and apparently I will eat this shit up all day and twice on Sunday. I have a question. Yes. Can I come live here? <laughs> Please, no, there will
2: be no 911 of any kind in this house. Dave, oh, thank God.
1: 911 sometimes, but you like regular 911, so don't even front. You sit and cry with me over regular 911. I do style. not
0: cry, I don't cry anymore. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, I, this okay, sounds like so, one more for me to skip.
1: Yeah, don't you? This is not for you. Um, Peggy Ornstein, who wrote Girls and Sex that I've talked about on this show before, which is this really wonderful uh, book about basically porn's fucking everybody up but is it but it's kind of not and how do we teach our children about their own pleasure and their own sexual agency and and it's really great she's a local woman which i just love uh, she has and the one thing she said she learned when she wrote girls and sex was that she was only telling half the story she has just released boys and sex i'm about halfway through it it is still also it's it is hard to listen to what these kids because I didn't feel like this, but I'm also, like, weird about <laughs> sex. Uh, and, you know, like, my my experience as a teenager was quite different than I think even my own friends because of the way I am wired. Um, so I am often sort of shocked that young people feel this way about porn and that they would even go out and see- seek it out. And so maybe I put, clutch, clutch my pearls a little bit more about that. But also it's making me not clutch my pearls quite so much about that, but also be a little bit more afraid about what we are doing with not paying attention to what our youth feels about sex and that we're not more open with them and that we're, we're kind of turning a blind eye to, and this was talked about in Mrs. Fletcher. This is one of the things that the way the son had sex and, and, I feel like we are letting kids detach and it's very interesting to talk to, to hear her investigate this and, and they grow out of it. It's okay. I'm not saying, you know, the kids aren't ever going to be okay and the world is burning. I just think that there's something very interesting because as the, the age that we are with teenagers, we know enough about the internet and we know enough about phones that we think we know what's going on and we think we're hip and cool. And know the know the four one one, but we don't. <laughs> and so I, I recommend these books. I recommend these books for anybody who has or knows small children up until. College level age. And does she
2: interview kids and stuff? That's that's most of what she does.
1: It's mostly anecdotal. And, uh, you know, she doesn't come out with any firm opinions or anything. It's just very much this is the culture right now. And here are some ideas that you might want to think about when talking to youth about their own agency in sex. It's really a sex-positive thing, and... Uh, She's the Margaret Mead of the 20... She is, and I really think these parents. are good books, and I really enjoyed them. I'm curious. That um, sounds really... I am also about halfway through a graf- graphic novel by Tilly Walden called Are You Listening that I am co-reading with my friend Layla, and it is all kinds of melancholy and ennui and very... Uh, like there may be portals going on it and there's a cat and it is just beautiful as can be and I am I am trying desperately not to just keep turning the pages I want to enjoy it so much and that's why I'm only halfway through it it is so beautiful the art looked um, really cool when yeah. I saw of it I was
2: immediately like I want to tear through this you do you do <laughs> so, instantly and it's yeah. called
1: Are You Listening? and it's by Tilly Walden and it was it's beautiful nice are you doing anything in pop culture Parker?
0: no yes uh i am i'm reading right now that's all i ever do anymore um We're right now
2: for me who never reads so yeah
0: well i'm like you with music but with books right. there we go. um i've been reading the more by laurie king uh it's the fourth book in her series of i've been calling it this but it's so much more than this glorified sherlock holmes fan fiction (laughs) i will not leave it at that they make me happy they're sweet um they follow new stories they are part of the sherlock holmes canon and that makes me even happier the
1: estate long ago recognized uh laurie king's works as canon uh they uh the her main protagonist is a female named mary russell who as a knight 17-year-old uh, mm. meets an aging uh Sherlock Holmes on the beach and becomes his apprentice. Oh nice. And I'm not going to spoil anything else from these. Okay. But these are beautiful books. I think there's 15 of them now and yes. they're just all a lot of fun and really good writing.
2: I feel like we'll have to tell David about this too because he loves And a we good have mystery, met our so.
1: Parker met Laurie King when he was okay. a tiny little infant nice. and she was very kind to him then and later he wrote her an email that told her that his nice. that he had met her in Las Vegas I and did. she wrote him back. Oh, she did. It was very... She's a very... She lives in Watsonville. She's a very neat lady. It's a good name, too.
0: Laurie R.
2: Sounds very... Yeah.
1: You want to get into our main topic?
2: Let's do it. Abby McEnany, a vet of the Chicago improv scene, is the creator and star of this darkly comic Showtime series about a queer woman making her way through life. She's contending with a fat-phobic co-worker and an OCD diagnosis, and she's helped along the way by a mostly supportive crew of family and friends, and also her new boyfriend, Chris, a trans man played by Theo Germain. SNL's Julia Sweeney also appears, playing a version of herself. Parker, since you're our special guest, uh, let's start with you. What did you think of Work in Progress?
0: I love this show. I have loved this show from the second one of the characters was panicking that she was going to have to tell somebody about her cows because they were going to think it was weird. As somebody who just bought a 16-inch tote bag with a giant oil painting of a cow on it, I feel seen. And I love it. And I just this show sees me in so many ways that I feel like I've not been seen in television before from having Co on TV, which just makes me so happy to having characters that just feel so real to like my experience with so many different things, including being a queer person. Like it's really amazing. It's well-written, beautifully acted, I would watch it for the rest of my life. if I could love that. <laughs>
1: I don't want to overstep, but there's also uh, OCD issues uh, and anxiety issues, and it really see and suicidal ideation issues that, as someone that sets boundaries for myself, if I get there, I have to get to this spot. I'll stay alive till this date. I have done that. For many years, and most of the time I know it's a coping mechanism and I know I'm going to get there and move the goalpost. I love that it sees that and that it does it in this very non-hysteric way. Uh, Everything about this show feels very non-hysterical. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I really like that because when you're living in a mental illness, when you're living with depression, when you're living with anxiety, it doesn't feel super dramatic most of the time. You know what I mean? And when you try and talk to somebody about it and you say, oh yeah, I got this long until I have to decide if I'm going kill, to kill myself. And they look at you like, I'm sorry, you just, you know, an idiot says what? <laughs> and you're like, no, that's... If I wasn't telling you, we would have a problem. Right. And I love that this show knows that. There is so much that this show is smart about and that it sees and understands and doesn't judge. Nobody's good, nobody's bad, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. And it's so smart. I just I am so impressed with this show. I'm sorry, I jumped in. Go. Justin. Oh, me. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I mean I really like this. I think that the parts of this that were a little hard for me to watch and I I you know, this just comes from my own sort of particular angle or whatever i found abby's character on the show like maddening it was very hard for me to not throw things at my television and i know that's the sort of like point of the show in many ways um but i mean there's spoilers we're talking about spoilers there's a whole thing where um abby finds out uh chris's dead name the name um from when he was uh you
1: know.
0: Assigned female at birth. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever you were saying, I
1: When he was yeah. yeah. The name he was assigned a... at birth. Yes. 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 yes.
2: Um and basically <laughs> okay. he asks her not to ever to to not know it, to not ask, to it? ask about What's it. That's the exact yeah. phrase. Yeah. 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 And she somewhat accidentally discovers it. There's like a combination accidental and then looking. Right. Um and it was so and then she spirals about sort of having done this and not being able to talk about it. And it was, from my perspective watching it, I was just like, what? Like, I understand why you would worry about this person that you love and how they would feel about this. But like that compulsion to sit on something, which felt very like, like, de- like you could deal with this. Like if you're an honest person in an honest relationship, like you could sort of figure out how to get through this. I just, it kept like pulling me out in moments like that where I was like, I just don't understand like some of the basic sort of mechanisms of this person's day to day of Abby's. Um, and, but by the end of it, I sort of, especially we just watched the last episode tonight. I was like, Oh, it's not, it's not expecting me to, or asking me right. to, it's really just like a window into her pain.
1: Well, and I don't think she knows why she can't be honest and deal with it and put it yeah. in front. Yeah. Uh, Specifically, because Chris is very honest and upfront about so many things yeah. that you that you think, oh, why isn't she learning from him, and right. why isn't she seeing that? Oh, that's who he is. He'll be okay with it if I right. tell or him. Or it'll be a hard know.
2: conversation, yeah. and it could get rough, but we'll get through. But that. we'll get like, through it because
1: yeah. we're being honest. Yeah. And and what and what does actually bother him is that she yeah. hit it. She told other people. Yeah. She yeah. you know and. That's frustrating, but that's also OCD. That's also mental illness. I know, limits. and that's
2: the part of the OCD thing. I think is like my brain is probably to another bad extent. I'm like not OCD. Right. Hired, well, and I so I'm think that very she like, was What's
1: happening. It's so hard
2: for me to even understand. She
1: was trying to figure out every way, and that's why she goes back and looks in the journals as well. She is trying. She needs to know every way that this could turn out, and if it turns out this way, every way that that could turn out. Right. And She has to process that before she feels like she can go to him. Yeah. And you can't process that because that's not possible. Right. And so that she's putting up barriers. Same way she put up goalposts. Yeah. To not deal with it. Right. And that is not logical. And when you are in Chris's shoes or as an audience member, somebody else's shoes of, I don't understand how she doesn't see that this will be okay if she just deals with it immediately.
2: Well, and there's also that thing of when you watch it, and you're like, this person's smart, and I know it's sort of, like, brilliant, and it's based on their own life somewhat. I mean, obviously, it's a character that she's created, but I know she's talked about directly, like, this is, she's brought in some of her own experience with this. And you're just like, but you're, I mean, she's not a comedian in the show, which is interesting, but she's an improper, you're just like, there's a, for me, there's like a little disconnect of, like, how can you be, like, one way, but then... So another way, but again, I think that's what the show's trying to do.
0: And you know? it's part of thinking like that and dealing with that because like part of it is when I noticed when you watch her, it's so easy to tell that Abby, the character, doesn't realize that other people are necessarily getting frustrated with her for the reasons that they are. right she thinks that they're getting frustrated with her because she can't see what's wrong with her a lot of the times, it seems like. Um, So kind of being able to realize that it's trying, it's a show trying to show that this mindset is not logical and it can't be fixed in logical ways because of that. It's a much, it is fundamentally part of the way that you are living. Right, difficult and it's hard and it's frustrating even to you right because you don't want to be doing it either right you don't want to be going in those circles you don't want to have to figure out every single possible way that you it could go wrong it's tiring like maybe
2: it's sort of almost a little bit right like how when you're high functioning dealing with some of the stuff that people almost don't see you more; they see you less, they of, see see they less see you. of the yeah. mental illness and yeah. my
1: guess is that abby the the comic the writer probably has done a lot of work around this and so she knows what it looks like from the outside now she also knows what it's like to be in it yeah and that's why it's written so well and why why it's uncomfortable to you and why it speaks to those of us that have pieces of those types of issues it's like this woman really gets this yeah and really sees it on a multifaceted level and i just I could not have more respect for her in the way that she portrays it. Seriously, Super honestly. She's it's unbelievably good. And I have to quote Mulaney again. I don't want to be doing what I'm doing either. Oh, no, you <laughs> I have don't. to watch it. <laughs>
2: okay. um, that's definitely my homework. I also did want to say just like, I think it's sort of amazing that we're at a point where, um, you know, Chris is basically just the sort of sort of self-aware, like healthy person in the show but it's not in any sort of like like holding his no. character up on a pedestal no, no. as like a trans man or whatever he's it's not a sort savior of like, in any way yeah he's he also just... very real but it's nope. just like the show has so much room for kind of just like humanity that that's just like oh that's just what's happening over in that corner right? and it's and that, just that's a lovely thing i
1: love that julia sweeney sees what yeah. she's doing and what she's done yeah I just wow.
2: Also, all praise to Campbell, played by Celeste
0: Pe- mm. Pestius. Just, Pest- just, we don't know how to say her name. Yeah, you and your um, cows. So funny. <laughs> that is
2: a brilliant sidekick character.
0: She yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that I just love about this show is that with characters like Chris and you know, Abby, originally we start the show with her like defining herself as like a butch dyke, which don't, you know, you don't think that's the type of person that's gonna date a man. But we don't explain that we don't explain all of the trans terms and what being trans is it just is part of the show well
1: and she addresses that in the like the first frigging episode she to the audience it's the the her brother-in-law is the audience surrogate and he comes up and goes you know i've got a question about your boyfriend and she's like oh okay keeping in mind that it's not the gay community (laughs) the queer community's responsibility to explain something to you that you could google what's your question he's like never mind and you also at the same time (laughs) feel
2: for that brother-in-law character he's like a well-meaning guy and like it sort of recognizes like sometimes her yep. inflexibility in a way that's interesting. Right. She's yes. right, but
0: like also... Right. Exactly. like <laughs> Also, oh my God, I am so sick of well-meaning relatives <laughs> asking me to explain things. I don't want to. It's I'm like, 17. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's like the
1: time you're not the speaker for everything. i don't remember who it was but somebody uh, asked you you know justin why didn't you come out to me and you're like i don't know why didn't you come out to me exactly it's It's the same thing we don't owe you explanations of our queerness and if you You, you
2: feel like you can't go into the bathroom without being harassed and like you really are like I'm not here to explain the one person who's being like nice to me. Cause they feel like it's a woke,
1: like <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. Um, I'm done with this now yeah. guys.
2: Um, yeah, I'm super curious to see where it goes. Me too. Um, I hope Theo Germain will be back,
1: everybody. Me too. Me Come so. on! Let's change change him to series regular. I know. Not I, I don't guest think or... there's
2: any way with that chemistry that they will Oh they've not got a back. Bring that know. would just be the
1: two of them, they work so well yeah. together. And you oh my God. and it's funny because you super believe it, even though at first it's like, I'm sorry, this hot twenty-two year old, <laughs> you know, like I mean, that, that kid is hot and he's young and he's smart and he's got all these gorgeous friends and they're all super hip. And so at first it's like, oh, come on, this is a little bit of wish fulfillment on Abby's part. But it's they still make it work. And yeah. you get why he I mean, I actually also really, know really cares. know tons of
2: like twinks and bears. Yeah, like, no, totally. It's like, Yeah. But, that's that version of
1: it, and that's what I'm saying, yeah, is that this show even manages to do that with Hollywood of like, look, this <laughs> is actually what the queer community exactly. is like,, right. and there are people that have these relationships, right. and it's not it's not unusual, and just because you don't see that she's yep. attractive, he super sees how she's it's
0: attractive. not uh at yep. like, her yes, like, so get over yeah. yourselves <laughs> so and just like, Google it you know. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys picked up on this, but these people are not straight. Oh, they're not? No. Are
2: you sure? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I did a really lousy intro that I might redo after we leave. (laughs) Um, But... I just was like, well, "Yeah, mush mouth." Anyways, anything <laughs> more we want to say about work in
1: progress? Please, guys, watch the show. Do it, give it a little bit. If it makes you uncomfortable, investigate why. Because it's worth it.
0: Good point. You yeah, know?
1: I mean, it, it makes me uncomfortable in ways too, and it's usually because of something that I want to pick at, and I think it makes you uncomfortable in good ways because it knows that nobody on this show is an asshole, and nobody on this show is there to save anybody else. They're all looking out for each other. I think this is a great, great, great show, and I'm really impressed with it.
2: I have a fast Knicks.
1: What's that? Oh, yes. Uh,
2: My next this week is... And I, I have to tell a little backstory on this. I, we have a thing to remember our Nixes because we always forget them. We send them sometimes through our Twitter account. We like direct message ourselves. And I just uh, tweeted to the uh, Nix account. By the way, on Twitter, you can always give shout out and say hello. I just said, bad promotions, meth apron.
1: I think that's all I said. Something I, was like, like, <laughs> I was like, Justin, have you been kidnapped? <laughs>
2: Danny had some questions.
1: <laughs> so what?
2: Now I'm going to explain my my next. Uh, there is a whole huge controversy happening in the publishing world right now with uh, American Dirt is a book that has gotten mm-hmm. Oprah selected. It is written uh, by a woman who uh, basically is telling the story of sort of migrants escaping Mexico. It's apparently very cliche-ridden. A lot of people are calling it um, sort of Ugh. trauma porn. That's all bad, but the thing that was really upsetting was that this author had a book launch party. I mean, probably not her fault, but she also didn't, like, condemn it. Uh, The book has barbed wire on it. There's obviously themes about immigration. The party had... Uh, tables uh-uh. with, like, flowers and uh-uh. champagne and barbed wire wrapped around no. it. No,
1: and she had a manicure with barbed wire on her nails to match her cover.
2: That she put on Instagram, and basically was like, look at my sexy barbed wire nails. Um, so, there's And her that. author's
1: note oh. includes... Oh, somebody asked uh, why do I think it's okay for me to tell this story, and she said, "Well, believe me, I wish somebody browner than me would tell this story." So (laughs) everybody's been. "Mm
2: Oh, and it's
1: in the author's note in the front of the book. Oh my god! And so people have basically been tweeting out, "Oh, here's people that browner than you that wrote this story," and and by the way, you've quoted them before in interviews, so you did know.
2: And my the follow up to that is that somebody was talking about a Breaking Bad. Box set that they received, or some new Breaking Bad, you know, Blu-ray, whatever collection comes in like a giant. I believe a barrel, and inside the barrel is like the whatever Blu-ray DVDs and a meth apron. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> I mean, this is that show, but like maybe like we should think about like how we're kind of promoting yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 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 yeah it's, also,
1: maybe not with barbed wire nails. Yeah, yeah. It's it's
2: yeah. romanticizing shit that's actually painful and real for people and and being jokey about it. It's all sort of distasteful and just guys fucking trust the work and just like, yeah, yeah. Um, that's my Knicks. It's sort of
1: no. Benign, I get but... it. I, I totally get it. Bad promotions. I. I mean, look. I think Breaking Bad's a great show. I do. I think that's in the best taste. Probably not. But not nearly as bad as The American Dirt. League. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. <laughs> um, all
2: right. If you have seen Work in Progress, uh, if you have thoughts on uh, you know meth aprons, you can talk to us. If you want to say, Hey, Parker was awesome. Bring him back every week. Uh, you... Please don't.
0: <laughs> don't you say that.
2: Talk to us on our Facebook group at the Knicks uh, Motion. Next at gmail for email uh you can also as i mentioned uh tweet at us at the next podcast i'm at justin Hartung on twitter
1: i'm at fanny v darling on twitter do you want to plug a twitter or an instagram parker i'm
0: not on twitter and my instagram is private because i'm responsible there Yay! you go unlike us soulless
2: hacks promoting ourselves <laughs> fortunately without barbed wire or meth
1: oh,
0: as his mother
1: i'm so proud <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> have a good week everyone
1: bye